Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. So now that we've gone through all our disclaimers, let's talk about what's new and noteworthy this week. We hope you all had a good week, and we'd love for you to share it with us. So tell us how your week's been going. You can share it in the comments on our Facebook page or any of our social media. We'd really love to hear from you. So let's dive into the news, Nicole. As usual, we're going to talk about COVID vaccine <laughs> updates. Woohoo! Yay! Seriously, I think I say it every week, but it's never going to go away. Uh, <laughs> And I'll continue to say it every week. It's never going to go away. COVID is here to say. We need to write a song. <laughs> I'm just going to wear it on my head like a tiara. Yes. Diamonds. COVID. Never going to go away. That's right. Um, so uh, vaccines are moving along really well. And it, lots of people are getting them. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about the other people who aren't. Uh and I mean, I only mean the other people who aren't for no good reason. There are legitimately people who aren't. Um, But we found out this week that the vaccines, they're saying that they can guarantee that they will be good for six months. But after that, we're not sure. Saw that on the news and didn't really make my day. I don't know about you, Nicole. No doubt. Send me into a deep, dark place. Thanks. (laughs) And as this is flashing across the bottom of this of the screen for the news, that they start talking about all the variants that are here and spreading, the UK variant that is spreading. By the way, they're talking about the UK variant and showing a, a shot of all the people in like Fort Lauderdale, Florida, enjoying their spring break, and they're talking about the UK variant spreading. so you have them talking about the uk variant spreading showing fort lauderdale florida which is just like basically a germ farm of spring breakers and across the bottom of the screen it's saying vaccines will only be good for like six months and they're not sure about after that and i'm like we're all gonna die (laughs) did you text me that (laughs) i think i might have and um and then and then after that they're they're sort of talking about the california variant and i'm like great i live there fabulous um and um yeah and then at that point i texted nicole and said we're all gonna die (laughs) yes Um, you did It just hit all at once, guys. But honestly, like this is what's hitting the news right now. And, you know, and then they're talking about how everything is opening up all at the same time. And I think it's just like, you know, it's great that people are getting their vaccines. I think it's great that they're at least lasting six months, you know, because then you just go in for a booster, get your shot every six months, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I don't think that's 
terrible. I do think though that they need to make that clearer for people. And then maybe part of me understands why they're not because it just get, adds more fuel to the people refusing to get vaccines because they're already like, what's the point? Well, you know, as things change and as they study, you know, the virus more and the vaccinations and, you know, everything, I believe that they'll be able to make them like every year, you know, every couple years, but it's going to take a lot of progress. You know I mean? It's going to take time. It just is what it is. But if that means that I'm not going to get COVID, I will go in every two months if I have to. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know that that's a valid argument for not getting the vaccine. No, absolutely not. I think it's a terrible argument for Mm -hmm. not getting the vaccine. I'm sorry. You have to go in every six months to, um, go get a shot. And it, it, please don't preach that to anyone with a chronic illness that sees, you know, several doctors a week. Yeah, no doubt. Right. Like, Oh, she, you have to go get poked like every six months. Yeah. Yeah. Your life is really hard. Exactly. Um, when we're getting poked and prodded, I don't even know how many times a month. At least a couple times a month, yeah. Yeah, right? So, yeah, your life is not hard if you have to go in every six months to get a, an update to your vaccination. So, no, I don't think it's a good excuse for them. I Mm-mm. do, though, wish that part of me, though, likes to have all the knowledge when I do things. So, for me, I felt a little blindsided by that. When I saw that on the news, um, because I, I would have liked to have known that I, I'm just a planner. I'm just a planner. That's okay. So for me, I would have liked to have known that this is going to be good for six months. Cause I'm going to look at my calendar and go, okay, in six months, what's on my calendar. How do I plan that there's a possibility that this will, the effectiveness will start to wane. You know, maybe I don't, plan as much at that point, because maybe I'm going to have to look at getting some sort of booster and we don't know yet. So planning around these, this six month thing, and, and maybe it's not six months, maybe it lasts longer than that. They're just not sure yet. That's what I'm saying. Six months, it could be totally different. Right. So I just like to have all the knowledge, all the knowledge, all (laughs) All of it. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it was just really that it all hit all at once in like one news two minute period. But the variants, I think, are the bigger concern for everybody. Agreed. And should be a bigger concern. Like they're they're opening up schools and saying that we can put kids three feet apart now, which I think is ridiculous. Absolutely. And you know, and in the same sentence, they're talking about these crazy variants that these vaccines really aren't going to be great at preventing us from getting that they're they're exponentially more contagious they're exponentially more dangerous that the masks aren't as protective against that the vaccines aren't protective against i i mean i i might sound like hyperbolic and panicked about it but these are starting to spread across the united states also it's terrifying i mean when you think about it i mean they're they're not able to tell us if there's any you know, protection from the South African variant and from the UK variant and from the, there's another one too now. Um, there's a fourth one I thought that was, yeah, there's, reading, you know, there's several different, there's the, yeah. the, oh yeah, the Brazil, the Brazil one. Brazilian. That's the one I forgot about. Variant. Okay. And that's scary because, you know, if they're telling us, oh, you don't really have protection after your vaccination against these other variants, then 
when is it, what if it never stops mm-hmm. mutating? I don't mean to be, you know, just negative, but what if it never stops mutating? And we we're constantly in this state where we don't know what we're doing, or we think, Hey, now we're free. And then, you know, a couple of days later, you're like, right. well, now we're back down in lockdown. So, so what I find though, that's interesting is that we panic about these lockdowns and we get angry about these lockdowns and, and we're, we're, we talk about it. Like it's, we, we just have this like panicky way of talking about it. Um, and the UK does too. Like, like they just have this terrible way of talking about it, but then you go to like New Zealand and they're just like, oh, okay. We have a case. We have a couple cases, lock everything down for like a week or two back to normal. Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. There's a couple cases, lock everything down for mm-hmm. a week or two back to normal. Lock, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. And they don't have this like, or at least they don't seem to have this like major panic about everything when they have to lock down. I mean, I don't have the answer to this and I don't know because I haven't really, you know, done much research into it. I just kind of am looking at it on a surface level, but I don't know why. Why is it so simple for them to just look at it like, okay, we lock down for a little bit and then we go back to normal to protect ourselves. And we have like these major hissy fits. Oh, absolutely. It's so ridiculous. Or just like ignore that there's a problem. Yeah. We just want to ignore that there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the future is going to look like. I think that for people with like these chronic illnesses, especially with people who have autoimmune diseases, the these two things, like the variants are just a kind of a scary thing. Very. Um, I know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and I'm really happy for that. And I think there's a potential for us to definitely get back to being with loved ones Yeah. and being with like close clusters of people. But I think it's going to change the way we live. And I think there's going to, because of these variants and the way that this, this disease mutates, we are, it's going to change the way we relate to one another and the way we socialize with one another. Yeah. If we're following the rules for those of us that follow the rules, mm-hmm. you're right. It will be a big difference, but there's still so many people out there that are not altering their oh, life at all. I know. And, and we just have to be really careful with those type of types of people and safeguard ourselves mm-hmm. as much as we can. I mean, look, we we've talked about in past episodes, talked about isolation We've talked about how we've, we, we do become isolated because of our diseases in it themselves, but also having to protect ourselves and things like that. But it's what we have to do. It, we're used to it in some ways. I think part of us can, some of us can actually help other people get used to it because I don't see us going back to the way life was Mm-mm. before COVID, Mm-mm. not with the way these variants are coming in. Agreed. And if it ever does get back to life, the way we knew it, it's going to be far in the distance. This yeah. is not going to be anytime soon. As much as people want it to, it's just, it's just not happening. Soon. No, no, it's not. Um, but in good news, happy news, I did get my first shot. Yay. So excited for you. I got the Moderna. I got the Moderna shot. It was really easy. I have to say it was painful for the first day. I'd say first couple days. Um, It felt like 
it felt like I had run into the corner of a wall really hard. Um, so my arm hurt for a couple days and that was it. Now it's, now it's back. I got the shot in the same arm that I have a lot of pain. Ooh. No, no, no. I did it on purpose. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, which arm would you like? I'm like, well, this is the arm that hurts all the time. So you might as well use that arm. Cause if I'm going to just be in pain, it may as well be the arm that's always in pain. So at least smart. I have one useful arm. Smart. And it was kind of smart because then I was at least able to use my right arm because my left arm is the one that has all the pain. Most of the pain, I should say the right arm has some pain, but yeah, it was, it, it was like achy for a couple of days. I'm not looking forward to the second shot. I was just going to say that. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. But you know yeah. what though? It's still better than COVID. So that's right. Just think of it that way. Yeah, I am my my dad when he got his second shot was like knocked out for, for the first day. We came home and he sat down and then he's like, I think I need to just go upstairs and take a nap. And I didn't see him again until dinner oh, time. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ate dinner and then he sat down in his recliner and then he was knocked out again. Oh. Yeah. And like all he wanted was soup and like, it was a couple days of that. And then it was just pain. He had like a lot of pain from like his arm across his neck. So I'm, I'm not looking forward to the second shot, No, but I would rather have those couple days. You're right. than a full on full blown case of COVID. Most definitely. And what about you, Nicole? When are you getting your shot? Oh my God. I can't wait. I'm like <laughs> counting down the days. <laughs> um, I have to wait because I was on Rituxan for my lupus, which is a form of chemo and they do use chemo for lupus patients. So, um, it stopped working thankfully because for me, um, and I kept going back to thinking about it. I'm like, wow, why is this not working for me anymore? And I'm so thankful that it did because I'd really be screwed. Um, but if you have a lack of B cell, actually Rituxan takes out your B cells. That's what it's supposed to do. It eradicates your B cells. You need B cells for immunity, your B cells working with your T cells, you know, all that. So I was thinking about it when I was reading this like four or five months ago. And I'm like, I got to bring this up to my doctor. And he actually brought it up to me. He's like, you don't have any B cells. He's like, you can't get vaccinated right now. And I'm like, oh, goody, this is great. It can take up to <laughs> six to 14 months around that for them to grow back. So I've just been waiting, not patiently either. <laughs> and they just, no, just we, exactly. I'm like, please, God, I can't do this. And we just found out what a couple of weeks ago that they are growing slowly, but surely. So we're going to retest and next month. And hopefully by the end of next month, I'll be able to get my Pfizer vaccine. Yay. Yay. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So good. Who would have ever thought like we would have this kind of excitement about a vaccination? <laughs> I just, <laughs> it just seems so bizarre. <laughs> I don't know. I think back to like, you know, generations before us. And I, I do think that there was probably some excitement about some vaccines and some oh, I'm like quite cures sure. for things. Like, I think back on like, like who would have thought that the cure for rickets would be to, you know, put some lemon on things or drink some orange juice. <laughs> And like how simple and like 
how excited you could get just by putting a little citrus on something. That's right. <laughs> um, and like, how excited were those people that, you know, they found that out. And then later, like the invention of penicillin, like how excited were people for that? And polio. Polio. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of think back and you're like, yeah, I'm sure there were times that people were very excited for some of these things. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's, it's rare though. So you just think, wow, you know, now we're so thrilled looking forward to, well, most of us running to the, the clinic to get the vaccine. It's like, oh my you gosh, mean? I have a little bit I of freedom. Was like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get my shot. But like, you know, there's, there's a part of it where I'm so excited and I can't wait. And then I'm like, well, damn, what variant's going to be out next month? Then? <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's, like, well, see, that's the funny thing is I had gotten my shot and it was like the, two days later when all that stuff hit the news. And that's why I was like, I'm going to the deep, dark place. Yes. Yep. That's why Nicole gets text messages from me that say we're all going to die. <laughs> and I understand them. And I'm like, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. Those are her, that's her response, by the way. I'm like, I'm glad you came to this realization. (laughs) Nicole is definitely my sunshine and my bright light at the end of the tunnel, for sure. (laughs) Yes, yes, Kelly, we're, you're, you're right. You're right. Right. You're, we're good. Don't worry about it. We just need to get to Greece somehow. (laughs) That's right. I want a vacation before I go. (laughs) He's like, we can't die before we go on vacation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that we're a little bit beyond the news, let's talk about what this week our topic is. Let's let's transition. It's a good transition. Yes. Also, before we go on any vacation, we talked a little bit about spring break. Yeah. Nicole and I are obviously not going on spring break and we're not nope. going to Greece at all. Nope. Because we're stuck inside our houses. But mm-hmm. with spring, we often talk about spring cleaning. Now, when I, when, 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 when I brought spring cleaning up to Nicole, she's like, we're not talking about cleaning. I'm like, Nicole, we're not talking about cleaning our houses. You know, we, we both hate cleaning our houses. <laughs> so no, we're not going to talk about best ways to clean our houses. Cause you know, you're talking about two people who hate housework. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, so true. <laughs> Um, but I think it's a good time to talk because, you know, you just hit the first day of spring and all that fun stuff and everything's, you know, coming up tulips and, and daffodils, but it's also a good time, I think, to evaluate like what you need and what you don't need in your life. Like that's a good spring cleaning, especially like when we're talking about chronic illness, we're probably not going to be the people scrubbing down our homes from Mm -hmm. top to bottom. Um, but it is a good time to, for us to like scrub our lives a little bit. We can definitely do with a little less weight on our Most shoulders. Definitely. And, and I also hate new year's resolutions. Oh, me too. So I despise them. I think the new year's, I think the new year's the worst time to start anything new. Cause you're like with winter, this is going to be funny thinking of COVID, but with winter, you're usually stuck inside your house Yes. and coming from the Midwest, it was like cold outside and nasty. You just want to stay inside with hot cocoa and stuff. Mm-hmm. Who wants to start any new routines of anything? In January, no less in Chicago. Right. right? Ugh, no. Now California is different. It's like super sunny and shiny, but 
like no one wants to start anything new in January. You're exhausted. Exactly. I think spring, you start to get like, I hate to say a spring in your step. So (laughs) can't believe you said that. (laughs) I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. But it like, it's a little bit more motivating. Like the things are changing. Flowers are coming up. You, You feel a little different. You just do. I mean, unless you have like seasonal allergies and then I'm really sorry. I'm there with you. Um, but it's a good time, I think, to evaluate, to Marie Kondo things, as Agreed. we like to say. <laughs> so I, I think that's why it's kind of an important thing. We, with chronic illness, we carry so much on our shoulders. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're married and you have kids, you're dealing with your chronic illness, your family, your job, your kids, your pet, you know, if you're taking care of an older parent, you're carrying that on your shoulders. Sometimes all you're carrying is your illness on your shoulders, but that is just a huge weight in itself. It's a good time to like evaluate what you've got, what emotionally, physically, you know, spiritually you're carrying with you and what can you get rid of or what can you change? What can you do to make your life easier, lighter, and happier. And some of these require some hard decisions, but in the end can make your life way better. Most definitely. We kind of put together a little bit of spring cleaning list of things to evaluate. uh, And we, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. One of the first things I think is easy, like not easy to evaluate, but that's good to evaluate are people. Yeah. people in your life, friends, the family, who's supporting you, who's not supporting you. And th- this is one of the hardest ones because sometimes you have to cut people out of your life and they can be very difficult to cut out. Either they very. don't want to be cut out and then they get mad at you or you have an emotional attachment to people. Mm-hmm. And even though they're bad for you, you still have that emotional connection that makes it very difficult. So I, I can't say this one is the easiest one, but you do have to evaluate it. It's so important to evaluate who's in your life because really the impact people have on your life is huge. And when it's constantly negative and toxic, that really affects your illness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've talked about finding support before, you know, coming to the Facebook group, finding groups that support you, finding people that support you, keeping the friends in your life that you know, ask you the right questions. You know, how are you doing? What can I, what can I do to help? You know, making sure that they find ways to keep you in their life. But we, we haven't talked much about how do you cut the people out that are dead weight on your life or that suck, that suck your energy dry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are the type of people that want to help other people and want to give to other people. And we carry around a lot of chronic illness guilt. But if someone is constantly not understanding your illness, is constantly on you about your illness, is constantly bringing in the negative energy, yeah, that's just, it's not good for you. No. It's bad enough when you're not, when you are healthy and you have relationships mm-hmm. that are toxic and one-sided, but then you throw in chronic illness on top of that and yeah. it's just not good. And the studies show how stress affects the body and negative people in your life just add stress. Mm-hmm. When you take, when, when you're just consistently adding stress, you are deteriorating your health. Yeah. And, and, and study after study after study shows that. So this is a good time to evaluate who you need in your life and who you don't need in your life. Mm-hmm. 
And, and it's not, you, sometimes you don't have to completely cut some people out, but you need to take a step back from people. Yeah. Not spend as much time with them. Um, maybe move them to a different group in Facebook. Maybe, you know, maybe they don't need to see everything you're posting so that they can put all their negative stuff on your Facebook posts. Mm-hmm. Maybe you shouldn't be part of that, that group where all anyone does is post negative stuff. So maybe you cut that Facebook group out. Maybe you cut down the number of people you follow on Instagram because maybe some of those Instagram people are making you feel bad. This isn't just like people you know that are close to you. This is this can also be people, influencers mm-hmm. and other people that are, you know, I think a lot of people follow these influencers. I mean, I'm just going to use Kim Kardashian as just someone, but like a lot of people were following her and feeling so bad about themselves, but hi, she like that's airbrushing and and lots of surgery, surgery mm-hmm. and I have a personal trainer and mm-hmm. someone to cook for me those aren't real and so a lot of the influencers people are following make them feel terrible or yeah. maybe it's someone maybe it is a friend but all they ever post are all these vacations and fun things they're doing and every time you look at their posts you feel bad about the fact that you can't do all those things so mm-hmm. maybe it's time to unfollow that mm-hmm And don't feel bad about it. There's nothing wrong with putting yourself and your emotional needs first. It's extremely important. No, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And by the way, unfollowing their Instagram or unfollowing their Facebook doesn't mean you're unfollowing them necessarily as a friend. No, you don't have to unfriend them. You can unfollow. Yeah. It just means that sometimes seeing all just the positive stuff that they post all the time you just have to take a breather from it. Yeah. Because I struggled just, with that last year a lot. Remember that? Yeah. I talked to you a lot about that. Yeah. And it really, you know, really hurt my feelings to watch certain influencers or, you know, just certain people I really didn't even know, but was following. And I, and, you know, really got me, got to me. And I'm like, wow, I'm never going to be able to have these experiences or yeah. seeing people at the beach during the day, you know, and that was really hard for me to see on a regular basis. Right. So I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends that are much, much younger than me, just because I've worked with a lot of, you know, I supervised a lot of people that were significantly younger me, than me that, that I mentored and all that. And like, they're big into social media. So, you know, we're friends on social media and they have lives that are very active mm-hmm. and they do a lot of things and I can't do all those things. And I know I can't do all those things. And there was a time where like, I just wouldn't check my social media accounts because I didn't want to see all the things that they were doing. Definitely. I just didn't because it was just hurting me that I couldn't, you know, go on these hikes with people that I couldn't, you know, drive up the coast with them and go do stuff because I couldn't move out of bed. Yeah. Um, I've gotten better. Like I can handle that now because I've kind of gotten a hold of who I am and where I am with how I feel. And I know that like, they're not posting it to personally hurt me. No. Um, so I've, I've gotten more of a handle on that type of stuff, but again, just like evaluating these people, whether they're, you know, real friends, whether they're it's, it's influencers, whether it's just people, you know, on Facebook and stuff and figuring out what you need to clean out to feel better, yeah, to lighten yourself a little bit. Yeah. To literally um, lighten the load as much as you can. Yeah. And then another thing we were talking about were like doctors and medicines. Yeah. And 
and evaluating, are you getting what you need from your doctor? Um, is, is this doctor continuing to treat you the way you need to be treated? Or are you getting the services you need from this doctor? Is it time to maybe change doctors? And if you're feeling okay with this doctor, is it time to maybe talk to this doctor about, are there any new medicines that are out there that you might, that might be beneficial to you? Are there any new medicines or treatments out there? Mm-hmm. Um, because things can change very rapidly in a year. Yeah, uh, it can. There, there can be a lot of good research out there and you shouldn't have to do all your own research. Doctors mm-hmm. should be staying on top of some of these things. They don't always, but they should. Um, but sometimes like they may not be thinking of it if you don't ask. No, uh, they've got so, a lot on their plate too. Yeah, yeah, they do. So sometimes it helps to give them a little push by saying, you know, it's been, you know, I've been on this medication now for five, 10 years. Is, is there anything new that may be out there that might be more beneficial for me? Yeah. I see my doctor every three months. So, you know, one of my questions for him is always, Hey, is there anything on the horizon, any new medications? Because unfortunately I'm one of those rare cases where I'm just medication is a huge failure for me. I have to keep switching every like year or two years because my body just times out of all medications. So I'm, I'm like, is there anything going on research related? I don't care. You know, like if they're telling you to eat leeches, I mean, what's going on in the field? Is is there a clinical trial? Yes, exactly. Is there like, you know, depending on where you are with your illness. So it's really good to talk to your doctors about what new Mm -hmm. things are happening. Um, do they, yeah, you may be on a medication that is kind of working, but there might be something better on the horizon that could completely change your life. Yes. And it brings you hope. Yeah. And, and sometimes your doctor may not be thinking of doing the research for you, but when you ask later that day, they might be like, oh, you know what? This patient asked about research. You know what? I'm going to do some reading on that. And you never know what they're going to find. So mm-hmm. it's really good to ask because you just don't know what the answer is going to be. And they might not have an answer for you in that second, but they might have an answer for you later. So just ask. Can never hurt to ask. So, okay. So another thing that I think all of us hold on to for way too long, way too long are our documents. Oh, so true. And this kind of goes into medicine and doctors. (laughs) Because I have found documents that go back decades. I mean, I'm really grateful that now a lot of my medical documents are digital because sometimes those files are getting really bad. I've tried to go paperless with everything now, but we should go through some of those old medical documents and throw some stuff away. That's just not necessary. Yes. If it has nothing to do with what you're going through or, you know, like we'll keep stuff like you went to the doctor for an x-ray because you coughed, you know, this is 10 years ago before when you could cough and not everyone ran from you. (laughs) You So I got rid of stuff like that. I I think about a year and a half ago, I I did a full inventory of my file cabinet Mm -hmm. and there was so much paper. It was, I had taxes from when I was like in my twenties, my early twenties. I'm like, really? I kept all this. So, you know, we got a big and like huge, wonderful shredder from Costco and it took me like a week to go through and shred all this crap. 
Yeah. Sometimes, and, and especially like when you have a chronic illness, it, it can, it can be, it can feel important to hold on to all this stuff. And if you really feel it's important to have all this stuff documented, scan it into something, scan it into like a file on your computer. They're like, do something to get rid of all the papers. Yeah. Because Cause there are programs. That, yeah. And there's, you know, those little scanner thingies you can buy and you can scan yeah. all your receipts and everything uploads to a folder on your computer and your paper. And then you can shred all that paper yes. and get it rid of it. But yes. And there, by the way, there's also companies that will do it for you mm-hmm. and you can find that, but like those documents just take up space and, yes. and a good percentage of it is totally useless. Mm-hmm. I, I think a good spring cleaning and by the way, going through those documents is not always like a high energy thing. They can, you can take like a month where you just kind of like go through some documents here Mm -hmm. and go through some documents there. So that's kind of what I like about spring cleaning documents is it's not, you're you're not talking about like a a project that takes a huge amount of energy. Mm -mm. It's just like a little here and a little there and you slowly get through it. Yeah. It's important, but it's not going to heavily tax your body. No. And and, you know, it's not like painting your walls or building a shed in the backyard. Hell no, which I would never do anyway, but even healthy. <laughs> you know who you're talking to. There's I'm, no way in hell. <laughs> I like painting. I I'm love painting. So I just have to sit down frequently. Yes. Now I'm like, oh, look, I painted like a couple square feet on the wall. Now I'm going to sit down. Yeah. I'll go paint another couple square feet. Now I'm going to sit down. Can I paint and sit down? Oh, look. <laughs> They can do that. Yay. So you need to live closer because if I ever am able to buy my own place, you're going to, you can come and paint it. While I sit in a chair. Yes. I'm okay yes. with that. Just, just keep doing it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. It's fun. Delegating work is fun. Paul and I have very different views. I know. I'm sorry. I just, yeah, I, I'm a little on the procrastinator side. So whatever. (laughs) Fine. Whatever. I'm trying to accept myself for who I am. (laughs) The the spring cleaning, Nicole will procrastinate until November and it becomes fall cleaning. Yes. We're not, we're not going to procrastinate the rest of this list. So we also have things is like a broad topic and I, if you take a look around, there's at least a dozen things you probably have sitting around your room right now that you could probably get rid of. Yeah. Either sell or throw away. Yeah. So um, I know we joke about Marie condoing things, but, and you know, if it doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. Clutter is not good for us either. And it can also weigh us down. And we tend to hold on to things like, here's how I look at it, especially medical devices. So when we have a chronic illness or we have certain things that happen to us frequently, we tend to have a lot of medical devices sitting around Mm -hmm. and a lot of repeat medical devices. Like I've got two blood pressure machines. I've got three pairs of crutches. I've got two knee braces. Um, I just, I have a lot of medical equipment that I just don't need all of this. I, I don't need all these crutches. They're all the same size. If they were different sizes, we could have a different conversation. I don't need two the same size knee braces. I don't need 
both blood pressure machines. Why am I holding on to all this stuff? Yeah, it's nice to minimize where you can. It we always keep space. two of the blood pressure machines in case one fails, which That's they can. True. So like with blood pressure cups, I, I when I was in a boot, I kept the boot because the boot was very expensive and I could reuse it if I stress fractured my foot again or something. But a otherwise, boot. you know, if you a had boot, like three one. boots. No, I'm not doing it. I, you know, I hate keeping stuff like that around anyway. <laughs> I think sometimes it invites the injury, but yes. that's just me. <laughs> I don't get it. I think it helps you invite it, but whatever. No, I just like, I mean, that's just talking about medical devices that I have sitting around and, and I'm not saying anybody should get rid of all their medical devices. I am just saying like, there's just stuff we have that, that sits like, I, I knew people that, oh, here's something I have. I have three boxes in my garage right now that are full of fans. Like little ones? Why, why do you need all those fans? <laughs> well, my, my last, my last apartment didn't, before I bought the place I'm living in now, the last place I lived in didn't have air conditioning. That's a lot of fans though. There are a lot of fans. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> when I was packing up to move, you know, I try to organize things really well and I'm like putting all the fans so I can pack them up all together and I'm like, what did we do? <laughs> <laughs> there were so many fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have no wow. idea how we collected so many. I mean, I know other people that had a bunch of humidifiers. Oh, yeah. That's easy to, to store somewhere for the winter and be like, I really didn't like that one and buy a new one. Then you got 20. Or you forget yeah. you had one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Oh, my, my other thing that I had that I gave a bunch away were coffee makers. Oh yeah. I've had because quite a few of those. What I would do is I would buy a new one and put the old one away just in case the new one broke. Yes. And then when I bought a new one, after that one got old, I'd put that one away in case my new one broke. Mm-hmm. And I would just keep doing it. <laughs> I had like this like huge collection <laughs> of coffee makers. You could never have too many coffee makers. <laughs> Yes, yes, you yes, can. You can. <laughs> so these are the things, these are the things, um, this one takes a little more energy, I think, to do because you have to, you have to find a way to get rid of all these things. Mm -hmm. So I would say that this is a true spring cleaning project. Um, but when you do have energy, getting rid of these things can be really helpful. And I think sometimes when you do have that open cleanliness, of like space, you find that you feel a lot better. Yeah. There's so more peace. I would say like the things one though, you only do if you have the energy to do it. I wouldn't, yes. I wouldn't necessarily push people into this one. No. And it's okay for spring cleaning to take you a year. If yeah. that's what it takes, you go, I, I have to go extremely slow. I only have so many, so many spoons, you know, yeah. today I did my grocery shopping. That was it. You yeah. know, for me, that was a wrap. You know, I couldn't do any more today. I just was too tired. Right. So, you know, I, but I got something major off my plate, but the, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I went through one of the closets, one of the small closets. And you know what? I felt so much better after that stuff was out of there and I had more room. Yeah. But you know what though? I mean, then after it took me three more days after that to be able to do something else. Yeah. I mean, I'm still recovering. I cleaned the carpet on the landing mm. of the stairs. That's a lot. Took me a few hours, but I mean, it was on my hands and knees for a few hours. Like, oh, wow. Like little machine going, I'm cleaning. I'm 
and I just I'm still recovering from that. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. It is. And took a lot of spoons out of me. It it truly almost uses all your spoons. <laughs> so yeah. So I would say just you know do what you can with it. Don't feel like you have to like purge your entire house of things. No. Think about it for spring cleaning. Yeah. Um. So the next thing, this one is definitely much more internal much more introspective is to cleanse yourself of bad habits and attitude. And this is also not something that I think you're going to get done in an instant and will take time. So like, especially bad habits, they say it takes like 21 days to break a habit. And I don't think that that's always the truth. I think some of them take way longer Agreed. to break. Um, but we all have bad habits. You know, it can be chewing your nails. It could be smoking. It could be for like EDS people. It can be parlor tricks. Mm -hmm. It can be cracking your knuckles. Mm -hmm. That's like, just not good. It can be, gosh, there's so many bad habits. Oh gosh. Yeah. Anything that's going to negatively work against you. So another thing that I think is like really hard for a, a lot of us that I think is really important for spring cleaning um, are bad habits and attitudes. And I think they kind of go hand in hand, but, you know, I, but they have like a really big impact on our treatments, on our, our physical health, on our mental health and all of those things. So like, you know, bad habits can range from anything small, like chewing on your fingernails to big things like smoking, um, eating poorly, eating poorly, all of those. And then attitudes emotionally can really just take their toll. It can, you know, if, if you have a really negative attitude, you either might not think your medicines are going to work. You might self-sabotage yourself. You know, you don't take your, you might not take your doctor seriously or, like if you're constantly negative about your illness, it can actually make your illness worse. Yes. So, you know, and I don't want to be one of those people that's going to tell you positivity is going to cure your illness because it won't, you know, being positive all the time won't cure your illness, but being negative all the time will make your illness worse. Yeah. You know, it does make your pain worse. It does make your, your, it does make things worse. Yes. So one of the things we can spring clean are, are, how we form these bad habits and trying to get rid of them and, and trying to get rid of these, these bad attitudes we have. So, and, and they're not easy. You know, they, like they say, it takes 21 days to get rid of a bad habit. Okay. That's, that's fine. It's, it takes longer sometimes. I'm sorry. It really does. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, hi, cut sugar out of your diet. It'll take 21 days. No, yeah, no. no. It's going to take me way longer because I really love sugar and I really love salt. And they go hand in hand for me. If I have a lot of salt, I want sugar right after. Me too. And I need a lot of salt. So pretty much I eat sugar right after I have a lot of salt. Just, but I mean, I'm not a smoker, but I lived with smokers my entire life. My parents were smokers and they quit and they both quit cold turkey being real about it, they dealt with a lot of temptation in the first few months. Yeah, it's rough. I, I was a smoker for a very long time. And it just, especially if you have friends that smoke, it's a very, 
you know, it's just, it's, it's like you get together with your friends and you guys all light a cigarette. It's such a social activity. You meet new yeah. people that way. It's just, and quitting for me was like, I mean, it was brutal. It really was. So I have so much sympathy for people that are trying to quit smoking. It's really rough. Yeah. Or like, um, friend of mine just recently with his diagnosis is on a medication where he can't drink anything, mm. any, el- no, sorry. I shouldn't say anything, any alcohol. Mm. <laughs> he can have water. <laughs> he can't drink any alcohol. So, um, you know, he misses his like, you know, whiskey before he goes to bed. Oh, I bet. He really misses that. And yeah, there's just certain things that you have to break yourself off. Like, I don't know that the whiskey before he goes to bed is a bad habit. I mean, his is like, if you drink, you're going to die. So he really can't drink anything. It's hard. It's hard. And you have to like, you have to watch the things that are going to self-sabotage you. Yeah. So go through, go through mentally your list. Like, I think for me, one of my really bad habits is procrastination and self-sabotage. Yeah. Those are two of my biggest ones too. Mm -hmm. Like I will overthink things to a point where I will self-sabotage it. Yeah, me too. Or I won't do something because I fear it. Yeah. I fear failure. And that's, it's, it's a weird thing to say that that's a bad habit, but it's a really bad habit because I haven't done things in the past because I feared it. Um, and, or like I used my illness as an excuse, which I don't necessarily want to say your illness is an excuse for a lot of things. If you feel sick on the day all your friends are going somewhere, it's a valid excuse. So I am not trying to dismiss it, but we can't not live life either. And we can't fear doing things just because we're sick. It's very hard to find a balance. Yes. You know, between legitimate fears and things you truly have to worry about with what you're going through. And am I using this so that I don't have to step out of my comfort zone? Yes. Yeah. It's really like, it's, it's really hard to do that. Like, like when you're looking for a job, yeah. like let's say you're looking for a job and you know, you can only go so many hours before you start to trail off. Mm-hmm. right? You need to find a certain type of job, but it takes you way out of your comfort zone to do those types of jobs. It's a really hard balance because are you going to use your your illness as an excuse to not apply? Are you going to say, well, I just can't do it because, you know, I can't, I, I can't find a job because I can't, I can't work past two o'clock in the afternoon and there's just no jobs out there. Or are you going to um, step out of your comfort zone and try to apply for jobs that might be a little different than what you've done in the past and learn new skills? Yeah. Because legitimately for people, you know, if you don't 
if you're not able to work more than four or five hours and you're coming to that point, then that's definitely a conversation you need to be having with your doctor. But this right. is just towards people that are able to, to do the, to go to work, you know, that, yeah. and they truly get afraid of saying, Oh, I don't want to learn. I'm like that. You know, I, you know, there was a job that I like a couple of years ago before I got my job that I have now my part-time job, but you know, they wanted me to learn like Excel or something. And it was so frustrating for me because I'm not good at stuff like that. And I just didn't want to learn it. So I'm like, I'm just going to stay away from every job that says I have to know it. And that's just ridiculous. You know, that really, in the end, I'm missing out, you know, because I'm not learning a new skill and there could have been an amazing opportunity that fortunately I had, but I mean, didn't require it, but you know what I'm saying? No, I know what you're saying. I think, you know, and, and we, we do miss out on, on opportunities because of fear sometimes. And, and we fear our illnesses. We do. Yeah. And it's a valid fear. Like I, I, there's been times I haven't gone places, not because I'm feeling sick, but because I'm worried I'm going to feel sick. Yeah. Um, I'm worried that, you know, halfway through this event, I'm going to feel horrible and then I'm going to ruin everyone's time. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and I got to get out of that fear because there's a way to work it that you can prepare for that. You can prepare like, so you drive yourself or you Uber home or you do whatever, but you don't have to hold back from it out of fear. And I think fear is one of those bad habits, bad attitudes we really get into, um, or feeling sorry for ourselves is, is another one I think people fall into a lot and they get into this self-pity mode. And by the way, not all of this is permanent and everybody has a right to some self-pity. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you that right now. Anyone who tells you you shouldn't ever feel sorry for yourself can go jump off a cliff. Yes. Right? Because they don't know how this feels. Mm-mm. They don't know how any of this feels. And you have the right sometimes, not all the time. Because if you are feeling self-pity all the time, you are missing out on life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you're wallowing and you're just living and wallow. And you've got to step out of that. But right now, it's like there are times when it just gets really heavy and it's okay to feel sorry for yourself because it just it sometimes gets so hard. It does. Um, so I'm not saying to never feel that self-pity, but when you're wallowing in it for a really long time and you go to that dark place for too long, we have to watch that attitude and kind of spring clean that attitude. And like my big fat Greek wedding Windex, that thing. Yeah. And if you can't, you need to reach out for some help because there is a time when that grief over how much you've lost when you get sick is very real and it's very heavy and it's very important to be able to reach out and say, how do I get some help to help me work through all this? Right. And, and you're living, usually that comes because you're living in a, what if, if only, if only I didn't have this illness, I would have this. If, if only, what if, what if this didn't happen to me? Um, Or you're living in the past well, that back then I was, we can't live in the past and we can't live in what ifs because they don't help us move forward. And the only, the only direction we can move is forward. And that doesn't mean all, it, it doesn't mean I haven't done it. 
I've definitely done some what ifs. I've definitely done what if, you know, my knees hadn't given out. What if I could lift a box that weighed more than five pounds? I don't like to stay there. It's hard. It's very destructive in your life. It is. It gets very dark. It gets very dark. And it's a practice. It's a practice to get yourself out of that. Um, And that's part of that spring cleaning, I think, is to learn how to deal with those thoughts, learn how to to deal with your bad habits, how to cope properly, how to cope properly. Uh, And and it's part of spring cleaning. It's not to say you're going to you're going to be able to deal with those thoughts and on your own. Part of Mm -mm. spring cleaning is to say, you know, what? I've got this attitude. Who can help me? And you said it, Nicole, who can help me with this? Mm And maybe find a therapist or come to the Facebook group and say, you know, who can help me deal with X? Because there's plenty of people who probably have been through it before, you know, who have, who have had to change their attitude or change a habit, who've had to change things that they've done. And, you know, I don't even know if I want to call it bad habits. No, some are habits. Yeah. Some are just habits in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes you just have to change things that you've done for years that are were okay before, and now your illnesses you just have to change. Yeah, they just don't work for you anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I think the last one for us, and I think it's like not just even chronic illness; it's just overall COVID, is foods. Foods is a big one. Spring cleaning what yes. we eat. Yes, it's really important to it's we're not trying to tell you look if you eat better your illness is going to disappear that's not what we're saying but there is I've watched so many patients come in and they have a certain long-term chronic illness but it is made worse by all the comorbidities that they have also you know so I have lupus so I don't want to add to it like you know, diabetes, type two diabetes from, you know, eating so poorly, getting older, not working out, not taking a walk when I can, not moving my body when I can. It's important to keep as much of your health in check as you can. And this is why it's really important to talk to your doctor about what you eat and what you shouldn't eat. Because like for me, so many people, and this is where like, I love when people love to give us advice. Mm -hmm. It makes me laugh because people are like, you know, you need to eat like a, a low, low sodium, you know, low carb, high protein diet. And I just love to laugh because I'm like, yeah, guys, I'm on like salt pills and I have to put salt on all my food. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they just look at me like I'm a super crazy person, but I'm like, yeah, that's prescribed by my doctor. And they're like, well, how much is in your salt pills? And then I tell them and they're like, you mean milligrams, right? And I'm like, no, I mean, grams. Yeah. It, it's just, everyone's different. Everyone's different with what they can eat, what they can't mm-hmm. eat, what they should eat. Like Nicole, you, you can't have a lot of soy in your diet. Yeah. I take Synthroid. So, you know, uh, soy kind of breaks down like a hormone would. So it's, it's not good for, you know, a lot of people for a lot of reasons, but for some people it is, you know, your doctor can recommend a nutritionist to sit down with you in regards to your disease process and help you work out what the best way to eat is for your body. Right. And I think, I think like one, one of the things with spring cleaning we can do is figure out what's good for our bodies and what we can do to help our bodies. And especially right now with the pandemic, I I was hearing on the news, something like the average person has put on 29 pounds since the start of the pandemic. And 
anyone is free to correct me if I heard that wrong. Probably more. Literally (laughs) flashed on the screen and went away. Um, But I wouldn't doubt it because I know what I've put on since the pandemic started and I'm not happy. Me either. Because nothing fits. I've tried putting on clothes that were were in my closet. And let's just say, I do not want to buy a new wardrobe. It is not even about things not looking right. I just don't want to go buy a new wardrobe. Yeah. I like the clothes in my closet. I like what I have in there. I'd like to wear them. So I have to figure something out. Um, And part of it is food. I, you know, so reevaluate. Now's the time to like kind of reevaluating what we've been eating, how we've been eating, you know, what we can do to be better to our bodies, what's going to work better in our bodies, sitting down with our doctors and figuring that out. Yeah. And, and really asking ourselves at times, and I know I do this, I am an emotional eater. So it is a huge Mm -hmm. problem for me if I get upset or, you know, like my whole family has been that way. Like when we celebrate something or something happens, we eat. So I gained a lot of weight. I mean, then I went on prednisone and I gained almost 80 pounds and it's very uncomfortable. And I don't enjoy looking in the mirror because this is not who I am. And it just, it really, really is hard to deal with, but you know, I will be on prednisone forever. So I'm going to struggle with my weight. And I am constantly, I tell you this all the time, Kelly, I'm constantly starving. I'm not hungry. I feel like I'm being starved all the time, all day long. And it's very hard to deal with. So that's had an effect on my other health because the other parts of my health, because now I'm a type two diabetic, which originally was prednisone induced, but, um, gaining weight did not help, you know, also Mm -hmm. having hypertension, you know, which is terrible. Lupus patients also commonly have heart disease more so than the average person. These are things I need to watch and take seriously. Yeah. I don't I'm definitely heading into the obesity range and I'm really not happy about it. Um, and I'm restricted now on what exercises I can do. Yeah. I can't run. I can't do treadmill work. I can't like, I can go for like short walk, but it's, I'm not going to get my heart rate up to where I need it to be. I can't do yoga. I'm really restricted. The, the exercise my doctor recommends is Tai Chi, which is fine. And at least it's something, but my traditional exercise routine is shot. I want to do water aerobics, which is like great for the body and puts like, doesn't put the pressure on my joints that I'm being restricted about, but pools are closed and I can't go do that. So yay, I'm really restricted. And so I can do some exercise, but it doesn't do as much for my body as I need it to. And see, this is where the whining and attitude is. So I'm like, okay, so what can I do? Well, I can do some Tai Chi that will help. What can I do to like watch what I'm putting in my body so that when I do the Tai Chi, it's actually working to help. And so working with my doctor, working with a nutritionist, working to see what I'm putting in, do I need to be eating these peppermint and dark chocolate pretzel pieces? No, probably not. But I can be putting the kombucha that I'm making in my body, which is really good for my digestion. I can make some juices instead of eating, you know, candy. I can't, you know, when I'm craving something sweet, I can go juice some fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Uh, I can, you know, for dinner, make lighter foods. I, you know, there's, there's different things. We just have to try and we just have to try and have these conversations, but it's spring is a really good time to do it because we're also heading into 
the summertime when we have farmers markets, when we have, we, when a lot of good fruits and vegetables hit the market. Yes. So now is a good time to evaluate what you're putting on your plate. And I know that eating healthy isn't always the cheapest. So it is a challenge. Eating yeah. healthy is a challenge. And I don't care what anyone says. It is hard to eat healthy on a budget. Yes, it is. Absolutely. hundred percent. It's something I, I sat in on a session once at a conference and they were, they had like the head of Whole Foods or the old head of Whole Foods and a congressman and a, and a, and someone else who had like a restaurant where they, they did like all organically grown farm grown there at the restaurant farm to table food. And they were talking about how difficult it was for certain communities to get healthy food. Which is, is so unfair. If you think about it, like, you know, you can, like, I remember before, like a lot of the more or the the healthier stores never took like, um, food stamps, you know? Um, so when they started to, you think, okay, I can pay like $5 for a jar of something healthy or for like a, you know, half a meal or something, or I can go to Aldi (laughs) and, you know, not that Aldi's unhealthy because Aldi has seriously done some amazing things. But what I'm saying is you can go there and get so much more for your money. It may not all be organic though. Right. Um, but even then, like, you know, and I'm not gonna, I'm not, I don't want to downplay organic versus non-organic. No, neither do I. Because, you can still eat non-organic and be very healthy. Yes, you can. Right? Like you can walk through your produce department and choose non-organic and still eat extremely healthy because you're eating fresh produce. Mm-hmm. So l- let's be clear on that. Yes, most uh, definitely. You can still go to Ralph's or or Jewel or wherever, Piggly Wiggly or wherever you shop and get non-GMO foods. You can get meat that it's non-hormone grass-fed meat that has been humanely raised in most of your grocery stores. You just have to look at the labels. Well, and that stuff usually is expensive too, though. You know what I mean? It, it is, but it's, it's also usually it's not, if you, if you can find it right and you find it on sale, you can usually get it decently priced. It's yeah. not like going to hold, like, I, I mean, it's not like going to some of your higher end places that you used to have so to go true. to, to go get it. I don't want to name all the names because there's a few of them. There's so many. Yeah. So you can still get those. If those are the products you're looking for, if you're looking to eat humane, quote unquote, humane meat, if you're looking for those type of things, if you're looking to go vegan, now your regular grocery stores carry a lot more vegan food. It, it's all there. You just have to kind of search a little bit more for it and be more strategic in what you're doing. There's a lot more recipes on the web for making your own vegan type foods and vegetarian type foods. They didn't used to be there. So substitutes for things that um, aren't all soy, by the way. Mm, Yes, very true. So, you know, people who can't, because by the way, there's a lot of chronic illnesses where they tell you not to eat a lot of soy. Oh, yeah. It's not and to just... cut out like the red meat and stuff like that. Like you mm-hmm. can choose to have chicken more often or ground turkey or ground chicken, you know, like utilize some of those options instead of just buying ground beef and, you know, like steak. Right. Like even I, cheap steak. Like when I make chili, I don't even use any of those. I use, well, I use a soy blend mm-hmm. of soy ground blend when I make chili and you can't even tell that that is not meat. Yeah. Because I use ground, ground turkey. Up. It's so ground up in there. You can't 
you can't honestly tell the difference. You oh, I bet. We're eating like Wendy's chili, but better because I make an amazing chili. Um, <laughs> just saying, I would make an award-winning vegetarian chili. I cannot wait to try it when I come out. It is so good. Um, but yeah, I use, I use vegetarian crumbles, but again, they're soy based, but there's other ones that aren't, but also don't think that they're healthier than meat, by the way, like an impossible burger. It's not meat based, but it's engineered. So you have to pay attention to that too. Yes. You basically have to do your research and talk to your doctor and your dietitian, Mm -hmm. nutritionist and ask them, you know, what makes this healthy? What makes this unhealthy? I mean, really try to, if you do the research, you can do so much research on your own and find out some incredible information. Like for me, I eat, when I go to eat burgers, I eat impossible burger meat. And the reason I eat that is because the regular, like regular meat upsets my stomach. So for me, an Impossible Burger, I'm like a walking commercial for them because I can now eat burgers and I don't get an upset stomach. Yeah, I can't. I, there, there are competitors of theirs that I do get an upset stomach, but I don't get an upset stomach from theirs. That's great. Right. But other people I know, do, like I know other vegetarians that don't like it because it tastes too close to meat. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it is too close to the real thing. And I'm like, okay, but I love it. And then people who are like big meat eaters are looking at you like you're crazy because they don't want to eat it I, at all. <laughs> they don't want to, but I will tell you what, they've tried it. And some of them are like, this is really close. <laughs> that's, that's great though. I, I don't, know. I don't think I've had one. I don't remember though. I will have you get one at a good restaurant that knows. Okay. Um, but anyway, you have to know though what you can and, and can't eat. Yes. Like I have, I have a really weird digestive system that reacts to some strange foods So I am not the perfect example of what you should and should not eat again. But I think most people who are probably listening to this are like, you have a weird digestive system. Let me list off my thing. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Which is again, why we say to talk to your doctor about this stuff and talk to your nutritionist, because when you're talking about spring cleaning your diet and spring cleaning your food routine, everybody has their weird things. Like Nicole and I, we probably would be like, you eat that, I'll eat this. Because she probably couldn't eat some of the foods that I eat, nor would she want to. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And that's okay. You know, everybody's different. But again, this is also like, it's also a good time to go through some of the foods you have in your cabinet and clean them out. Yes, The things most that are definitely. expired, the things you thought you would eat because they were healthy that you put in the back of the, ca- that ended up in the back of the cabinet. Or the complete opposite where you went to the store and just bought up, you know, had one of those bad days and you bought up all the crap and then it's going to get stuck back there. And you're like, hmm, I don't need like four bags of Doritos, you know, or, you know, or just, yeah. or I don't need all like, you know, six boxes of mac and cheese. You know what I'm saying? So just for me. <laughs> um, so definitely just to look through things and say, Hey, just take an evaluation and say, is this really good for me? It's a good time to do that. So, yeah. So these are some, some ideas for spring cleaning. And I think, I think we've given everybody some great ideas to get them, get everyone started. And we, you know, I, these are just some ideas. We actually would love to hear from you guys what you think you could do for some spring cleaning in, in your lives with, you know, with how you're living and, and some other spoony ideas. Um, so again, you know, we really want to hear from you. We really want to hear 
what you guys think, what your suggestions are. We really want this to be more of a community and get some people talking and, and hear what you guys have to say. So feel free to share your spring cleaning ideas in the comments share them with us via email, share them on our website, online, in the Facebook group, Instagram. We are online and you can find us at www.chronicspoonful.com. Uh, Nicole, anything else you have to add? No, I, you know what? I'm just, I think that was, these are some really interesting ideas we were able to come up with, but I definitely would love to hear what you guys are thinking too, any suggestions you may have, things that are working for you that we're missing that could really benefit other people, please share it with us. We're, we're truly wanting to know what, what's going on in your life. All right, guys, then that's it for this week. And we will have another chat next week. We're looking forward to talking with you again. Have a great week, everyone. Have a wonderful week, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.